The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. Okay. Well, just for the record, we got a son in Phoenix, too. 52 to... <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sunny in Phoenix podcast, a weekly podcast where we keep you up to date on everything Phoenix Suns basketball. My name is Charlie Erling, and as always, I'm joined by Mitch Krumpetich. What's up? Hey there, Mitch. This week on the show, we have a new member of the Suns to talk about and the trade that brought him here. Uh, the trade deadline's coming up, so we'll be talking about that, as well as last week's games and then a preview of this week's games. Follow us on Twitter at SunnyandPHXPod. Same thing for Instagram. Go on iTunes, leave us a five-star review and a comment, and you will get a shout-out on the show. Shout-outs are in order for our bet question last week. Between the two of us, Charlie, you won the bet question. Haven't really been keeping track of the overall season record, but I think it's pretty even. We'll just say it's even. How about um, we make them start to count in the playoffs when the games really count? Ooh, I like that. Okay, ooh. yeah, sounds good. Uh, and then shout out to uh, one of our regulars, at Dunks on Twitter, for winning the bet question this week. So for our bet question, you can send your answer in on Twitter. You will have the chance to get a shout out on next week's show. All right, let's start things off and talk about the newest Suns acquisition, Tory Craig. We sent them the minimum amount of hard cash money that a team has to send this year to uh, trade for a player. And we bring in Craig on a minimum contract. But there he is in kind of a logjam that we already have on the roster, being a 6-7, wing. So what do you think about this move, Mitch? Yeah, it's interesting I didn't even realize Torrey Craig was playing for the Bucks. I guess he had really just fallen out of the rotation. He had some pretty good minutes in Denver when he was there. And yeah, it is a log jam, like you said, but he plays good defense. He's the kind of guy that can make, make a difference in the playoffs, bring him in just to defend someone who it's a good matchup for. So I don't mind this. We gave up literally the minimum that we needed to to get him. Looks like the the Bucks were trying to just get him off the books as part of the P.J. Tucker trade. So I'll take it. Yep, they had to clear up a little bit of cash to stay under that hard cap. So uh, I guess we just benefit from this. And shout out Robert Sarver opening up the wallet a little bit. That's something right. new. Yeah, and we had an open roster spot, so we just filled that. That's pretty much it. Right. When uh, that fills the Damian Jones spot. So it doesn't yep. doesn't fill our need that we've kind of been talking about, about getting another big guy on the roster. But this is a guy who can fill in for a lot of players. He's It seems like he's played majority of his minutes at the small forward. But with his size, it looks like you could potentially bump him up to cover some fours if the matchup is right. Or, I don't know, throw him in with our other wings and... We should be just fine. I kind of like what he brings to the table. And too bad that we just got him just now. Because I think that 
in a situation where we have Cam Johnson out like we do now, he'd be a great guy to be able to fill in for that situation. Nader's a little on the on the shorter side when it comes to wings, so it's always nice having a, just another bigger body out there. And the timing isn't ideal. Had we had him earlier, I bet he'd probably be getting some minutes right now. Yeah, and we've had one game, the second T-Wolves game, since we've had him and he didn't play or anything, but I'd assume in the next few games we'll see him. Yeah, and uh, I'm excited for it because it's it's just another option on a very deep team, and this is a guy who can play some defense, and we welcome that to this roster. We're, we're a solid defensive team in the first place, and adding another good defender sure isn't going to hurt. Right, yeah, I'm down with that. And then this brings us along to the trade deadline, which is Thursday already. And word on the street is there's going to be a lot of moves from Woj's newest podcast. He said he predicts there's going to be around 16 trades is what he's hearing. That seems like a crazy big number to me. And yeah, this yeah. is a crazy season, a crazy year. So I, I guess this makes sense. Yeah, I mean, every trade deadline tends to be pretty eventful. I can't really think of the last time we didn't have even a couple fireworks. So I'm excited for it. Um, we, as Suns fans, we have witnessed some pretty um, substantial trade deadline trades. Um, we've had some that haven't gone through, like with the Dylan Marshawn Brooks mix-up. That was a fun one. Of course, we had the the whole Brandon Knight trade everything like that um we had the goran dragic uh isaiah thomas fiasco eric bledsoe all of that um yeah we've had some very interesting trade deadline instances and i don't think the suns are gonna have quite as much excitement this year but you never know and it kind of brings us to our bet question going to be a little bit different this week but since the trade deadline is this week the bet question is Will the Suns make a trade before the deadline? So probably going to tweet the question out earlier in the week. So let us know as soon as you can, just on Twitter, at Sunny and PHX Pod, if you think the Suns will make a trade before the deadline. And if anyone predicts a correct trade, maybe we'll do some sort of special shout-out. I don't know what that will be. But if anyone predicts a correct trade, we'll make something happen. That would be awesome to see. Just the player that we bring in. We we don't care yeah, yeah. what we send out. If you can right. name the player that we trade for, that'd be that'd be wild. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what but, do you think though? Are we gonna okay. make one? I think we will. And I think that this Tory Craig trade is kind of what set it off because I mean, yeah, we're in a buying position for once. We're we're trying to get better. As, as soon as we can to ride out the rest of the season. But the fact that we signed a guy like him who is similar to some of our other guys where we're kind of stockpiled up, it really makes me feel like there is a move on the horizon. Uh, it seems like we're in a position where we can do, you know, a trade like two or three players for one or something along those lines. So, you know, if a, a wing's on the move, Craig is there to fill that bench spot or whatever it may be. I, I just see that one, I, I see one happening due to this move really. Yeah. 
So I'm also going to say yes. I think there will be a trade, even if it's not a huge blockbuster trade or anything. Um, but I'm, I want to play devil's advocate here for a second. Uh, we have a solid team already. Why mess with what's working? Plus, there are guys who are on the, the trade block that might not get traded and could just get bought out that we, maybe we're confident we can just pick them up. So like LaMarcus Aldridge, for instance, it may be a little bit difficult for the Spurs to trade him because teams know it's only going to be a rental and they can pay him a lot less if he just clears waivers. But it also gives LaMarcus just his choice for where he wants to go, basically. So if we're confident that someone like him really wants to come to the Suns, then we may not make a trade and we might just claim a guy off waivers after everything clears. But I think we will make some sort of trade, even if it's just, you know, simple. Maybe we send someone like Etwan Moore somewhere or, or something like that, you know? Right. And this might be a spiny type of subject because he's kind of a fan favorite, but Langston Galloway all of a sudden gets thrusted back into the lineup, picking up quite a few minutes, playing really well, too, I might add. Could he be doing a bit of an audition here for a trade? Yeah, potentially. I mean, we see this every year, and I think Suns fans have to keep this in mind. And I know Suns fans always have their favorites, but you have to remember, and this is coming from a lot of my perspective of working for a team in the past, Everyone is always being talked about. No one, no one is safe from the the trade block. You know, no one is untradeable. No trade clauses can be waived. These guys are always just having conversations. Even if it's not like active, we're trying to trade this guy. Everyone's always listening. So we have to be careful not to get too attached. And I know it kind of becomes like we're rooting for laundry or... I look at it more as like rooting for a city more than just rooting for laundry, but that's kind of what it turns into. Cause yeah, these guys, there are conversations happening all the time that we don't hear about as fans. Hmm. Yeah. That, that, that is wild to think about. And then just thinking that we're buyers, we're, is this our championship window? Some people are saying things like that. Right. Do we do something wild? I, Man, that I don't know. We're what three days away once this episode comes out? Three or four? Mm-hmm. I'm I'm excited being in the yeah. in the market to you know get better right now. That's that's something to yeah. be excited for. It is exciting, and something I would like to see is I'd like to bring a Javale McGee type in, someone who doesn't have to be the most skilled player, just someone who's big, big can play some defense, can finish at the rim by dunking. You know, we need that. We need a solid backup center. I think JaVale would be a good guy for that. Um, But filling that role would be huge for us. I think so, too. And Dario does have his place playing the center position. He does, but like we saw, we just went up against Carl Anthony Towns two nights in a row, and we saw what happened. Uh, he's he was pretty much unstoppable through both of those games, and having Dario out there, and then you know ended up 
putting a little zone out there and all that. I just don't love seeing that. I'm, I probably uh, sound like a broken record now, but that that is uh, what I'd like to see too. Another another big boy on the on the bench to come in for Aiden when he gets in foul trouble, which has been happening pretty frequently this mm-hmm. last week. So, yeah. What do and you then, think about? Well, what what if we did make like a big blockbuster trade for like Aaron Gordon? Or I guess that's not like a massive blockbuster, but that would be a, a bigger deal. Someone like Aaron Gordon or Andre Dr- Drummond, or um, even if we did trade for Lamarcus Aldridge, a, a bigger name kind of guy. Uh, what do you think about something like that this year? You know, to do something like that, and I think we we brought this up a little bit. We'd have to do more than likely one of Dario or Crowder. And I feel like both of those guys are too essential to the team to, mm-hmm. to be moving for a rental because we got them on both on three year deals. Right. So I'd rather have them around for this, you know, the next few years, we'll see what Chris Paul does. We have Booker locked up bridges mm-hmm. and Aiden probably getting extensions. We need to, we need to extend both of them. Yeah. Really bad. <laughs> I agree. I, I'm really, I'm really antsy to see like the first bit that we get to hear about what kind of offers they're getting when we get to the. I'm. Yeah. That's gonna be juicy, man, because Mikhail has been doing so many things. He's getting so much recognition now too, mm-hmm. which you know, as a, as a basketball fan, I've been sitting here for the last two years saying Mikhail Bridges is legit. He's gonna be really, he's gonna be really good. Just wait, and it's happening this year, and now everybody knows and. Everybody's saying it's going to be a lot of money coming his way, and I can't disagree. You look at his numbers; there's nothing to stop you from from uh, saying he deserves a fat paycheck coming up. So I'm I'm very pro pro McHale. I just hope we can uh, do the salary dance with Booker, Hayton, and Bridges all all making some big dough all at once. We've we knew this would happen. It's happening at the. I mean, we're winning games now, so it feels good. Imagine if we had a poor se- if we were not playing well this year and then we were like, oh, we have to pay these guys, but we've had zero success. Could you imagine that? Oh, we wouldn't. Yeah. Right. I mean, this is going to come down to Sarver loosening the purse strings a little bit, you know, and we've seen the video of him with his shirt unbuttoned and DeAndre <laughs> chain. I mean, he looks a little bit more laid back lately. We we need him to dough out that cash a little bit. We got to pay these guys. I, I sure hope we do. I, if I really we, do. if we had to pay the luxury tax, I might cry a tear of joy just to know that we're willing to pay our players. Right. And I, I mean, it's aside from Chris Paul, obviously that's going to be the next big hurdle is what do we do post Chris Paul, whenever that may be. Uh, man, I, what, what are we going to do though? Really? It's, it's just, oh, it's, it's so different than what we thought would be happening. And I'm, I'm so happy about it. It is. Yeah. Well, in long term, that is something we have to consider. What are we going to do when we need to replace Chris Paul? This is a couple years down the line, but what do we do? I mean, well, is that draft kind of, you know, territory or I guess we'll talk about that a little bit when we talk about the tournament today. But 
Yeah, I, I don't know how we go about that. Well, we can be very thankful that we do own all of our firsts, and I believe yeah. we, we are missing a second or two still. But, I mean, yeah. Yeah. those are so hit and miss who... Right. I don't I don't mind that, but we, we do have our first, so we just hope we gotta hope that James Jones keeps a well I can't say keeps because we don't know about Jalen Smith. I, I I like yeah I like James Jones at the draft though, so I hope he uh mm-hmm. that's how we'll have to fill it if we're uh capped out. Yeah, yeah. It's a good it's a good position to be in. It's a good problem to have right now though. Totally. Well, yeah, that that's a good sign. And another good sign, Cam Johnson back at the uh, – sitting behind the bench for this last game. So he's back with the team, able to practice now. I guess he got some shots up before the game. So it, it looks like we should be nearing him coming back onto the roster, which is just uh, – we need it, obviously. We were talking before the show about Mikhail Bridges a little bit, saying he's been so good lately, obviously, but – Maybe he's been looking a little tired lately. So, yeah, getting a guy like Cam back would be huge. Yeah, and, I mean, he's just been playing a lot lately. Not having Cam Johnson has been tough. And I, you know, if if our speculation is right, thinking that Cam Johnson really did have COVID, I imagine it might take him some time to get back just because he has to recondition himself. Right. You know, it was good to see him out on the bench, but think about, you know, when Dario came back after having COVID, it took him a bit. And then while he was conditioning, he twisted his ankle and that took him even longer. But um, yeah, I, I'm not like in a huge rush to get Cam Johnson back. Obviously, I want him back as soon as possible, but I want him to make sure he's in good shape and everything. And to be fair to Mikhail, he played an hour and nine minutes in the last two games on back-to-back days. So yeah, looking a little winded after that, that's no big deal. Right. You, you get more time playing. off than that in the playoffs, so you can't yes. be upset about that. Right. But we want to talk about getting upset. Let's let's talk about last yeah, week's games. <laughs> the first one against the Timberwolves. It was very easy to get upset with double-digit turnovers in the first quarter. It was bad. That's yeah. that's just bad. Final score is one twenty three to one nineteen. We we had a nice run in the fourth quarter to make it look respectable, but I almost would prefer that it looked like we got blown out, so we wouldn't be the sweetheart and number three or two up on power rankings. I don't know. I was I was mad about that loss. And last episode, I even said something about it. I said, "Is this going to be a trap series?" I knew they were going to get us one, and this first one, we watched Carl Anthony Towns and uh, Anthony Edwards combine for 83 points. You can't. Yeah. I, I, the rest of their starting lineup combined for eight, <laughs> and we lost the game. I, yeah, it's, it's that was just such a just a poor game, and this was the. I was pretty upset about this one. It was just ugly all around. Yeah. And we talked about this last week, too. This Suns team is full of sore losers. We are sore losers, for sure. Like, when we lose, it is really not pleasant. And, like, I kind of think that's a good thing. Like, you can tell these guys just really hate losing. But, like, yeah, they get kind of grumpy. And... (laughs) 
I mean, ultimately, it's just going to lend to more winning, probably. But this was bad. This was a really bad loss. You know, I think... Uh, I don't think losing really ever... I don't want to condone it for no any sort of reason, but... I don't either. Losses like this and getting mad about it and getting chewed out about it, like, these are the losses that Booker, Aiton, and Bridges should have been experiencing in all of their losses that they tallied up over the last few years. But it was never like that in the past. And then you you see what happens the next game after a a bad loss with this team, and everybody says, we're not going to let that happen again. I'm glad they're learning these types of lessons compared to let's try to not get blown out by so many points tonight, so... I don't know. That's kind of that just kind of feels like how the team used to go, but now yeah. it's now it's a uh, go smack them in the mouth the next night. That's that's the attitude. Right. Right. Yeah, it's a lot better than before. And I mean, Booker had 35 points in this game. We just let Anthony Edwards just dominate. You know, 42 points. Towns with 41. It doesn't matter if Booker scores 35 when that's what happens. I mean, defense was rough. Those guys were hitting shots. What are you going to do? I mean, right. Yeah. Anthony Edwards, Anthony Edwards was just either shooting wide open shots or having no trouble getting into the lane. I, how many dunks did he have this game? Just just rocking the rim. Yes. It, that's so it's tough to see. And then. You know, I was really curious about this, and we saw it in both games. We ended up putting Chris Paul on him instead of Bridges. And, yeah, I, I said that Bridges was looking a little tired, but I was just really questioning that decision because Anthony Edwards, even though he's a rookie, that's that's a big man out there. I, I look at him kind of like six foot five LeBron. He's built like that. He's athletic like that. And... We're putting Chris on him, and I'm not talking smack about Chris either. He's a great defender, a great guard defender, but I'd just rather see us put some size on him in that situation, and it it just seems like we really couldn't figure out what to do with him in this first one because, you know, they they had all their shots falling all around. Right, right, yep. And I think a big part of the problem, too, was Aiton fouled out. He picked up quick fouls early in the game. He only played 26 minutes, so it just makes it that much easier for Towns to go off. And, yeah, the, the refing has been pretty tight lately. I mean, I feel like normally that that's in our favor, just the way we play really slow and methodical and, you know, breaking up the momentum that a team who wants to play a little faster can can get. Usually those fouls will help us, but not when they all come on the same guy who's your best interior defender. <laughs> right. It, and then it just seems like it, it's so tough to start to stop Cat in the first place. And then when the, the little ticky-tack ones come on like a box out or when they're fighting for position a little bit, I just I have a really hard time any time that a quick whistle happens when a defender is trying to fight for position on a post up because it has to be equal. There has to be some sort of give and take because obviously one's pushing out, one's trying to get as deep into the paint as possible. There's going to be contact. There's going to be a little fighting. 
If it's extended, then yeah, stop it at some point. But I mean, Aiden got blue for a quick couple quick ones like that, and that's just so tough. That, that just seems yeah. like the the dirtiest thing you can do to a player is call fouls like that, and we see that happen to Aiden. Right. When he's going up against Towns, that's just so rough. That's rough. Right. And I mean, these refs could call a foul every single time down the court somewhere. You know, you don't have to. <laughs> that's the truth you, you don't have to mm-hmm. all right but th- this one was this one was pretty rough just all around and then coming into the next game we knew that the Suns would be sore losers and we'd see a bit of a different product on the court and that was absolutely the truth won three of the four quarters they got us in the third but uh th- it looked like a different team it, it looked like uh Everything was snappy. We were still playing tough defense. Yet again, you know, Aiton does get in foul trouble in this one too, but this one was just a better team effort all around. We took care of the ball, shot the ball pretty well too. You know, go over 50% from three, that helps. Yeah, I mean, that's the difference in the game. Aiton only played 17 minutes in this one with eight points, three for seven shooting, and yeah, five fouls. Again, just so, so, so ticky-tack. But we played a little better defense. We held Edwards to 11 points on 4 for 18 shooting, which, yeah, he was bound to come down to earth. Um, And then just kind of a balanced game otherwise. Booker was 16, Bridges was 17, Jake Crowder with 10, Paul with 20, Langston Galloway with 14, Nader with 10, Payne with 11. Dario played a pretty terrible game in this one 23 minutes with two points shot the ball four times not not great but we had balance overall and stopped edwards so we won this one a little bit more handily right and i mean booker with 16 in this one but it came off 33 percent from the floor 25 from downtown It, it was a rough night for him but there were we just had guys picking them up everywhere else. Chris Paul had twenty, Bridges had seventeen in both of these games, six boards and three assists, three steals for Bridges in this one. Just yeah, he played so well, good. even though he was tired. Sometimes he played right. really well. Right, and he's just shot been the ball well, shooting lights out, and that's so fun to watch. And then we get three guys coming off the bench in double figures: uh, Sir Langston with fourteen, Payne with eleven, Nader with ten. Just contributions everywhere, and that's what a playoff team has to do. You gotta pick it up. Booker played 35 minutes in this game. It's not like he, you know, got in foul trouble, couldn't get get in a rhythm. He just had a poor game all around. Yeah. And it's nice that we can not get smoked when that happens. Right. And rather win yeah. by 12. Yeah. Right. Right. And. Yeah, I think that's the thing with this is we can talk about all these weaknesses, but we won by 12. <laughs> so it's a good sign. And yeah, we were playing the T-Wolves, who are the bottom of the West right now. Still a good team, despite their record. They they have some nice pieces. Um, but it's kind of nice to be able to have all these criticisms and still win by 12. Right. And yeah, they have the new coach, too. So you're always playing harder yeah, for a new coach. That's right. That's Speaking right. of coaches... Monty Williams getting tossed for the first time. He was sick of the the foul situation too. He he really let a ref have it. And uh, 
Booker said, I wonder what he said to him because Coach Monty doesn't curse. Oh, so it was something very personal then. Probably. <laughs> I wonder what he said, man. Really? Can, yeah, if you're questioning a call, can you get teed up for simply questioning the call? Because it feels like there's always a little extra salt and pepper in there is what gets it, you know? Mm. Yeah, I don't know. That's <laughs> it's funny to think about, I suppose. Right. I loved the ejection, though. I thought, I mean, it's what the team needed. He showed the guys that he had their back and they came out and won it for him. Yeah, and it was really funny on the broadcast. Uh, you could see Monty like going out, talking to the ref, looking pretty animated. And then as soon as I saw that, I texted you and I said, Monty's going to get tossed. And then it went to commercial and it came back and Eddie Johnson was like, well, Monty Williams was tossed from the game. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I called, called that one. You called it. It, <laughs> it was... Uh, I was really happy to see it, though. I mean, Monty's yeah. such a good coach and a good dude. Yes. I, I hope it means something to these refs when you've set Monty Williams to this level of upset. <laughs> right. You know? Yes. And I think that's that's the good thing about being respectful to the refs, like Monty obviously does 99% of the time, because yeah. I think that carried a little more weight. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully we see an improvement. But yeah, even throughout this whole season. And I'm not trying to blame anything on the refs. You can do that all day long, but every team can do that. So it has been tight, though. They've called it very tightly this season, I feel like. Right. Let's just hope they maybe give Aiton a bit of a break and maybe send Booker to the line once or twice more per game, and I think everybody will be content. Yes. All right. All right, next week's games. We have five of them, technically, since we're recording before the Lakers game. So that's the last home game for a little bit. Then we head out east. We got the the Lakers Sunday, first of all. Then the Heat at Miami Tuesday, at Orlando Wednesday, at Toronto Friday, and then Sunday, 10 a.m., at Charlotte. So yeah. that's, a, that's a big week coming up. Keep in mind that Raptors game is in Tampa Bay, too. They're oh. still there all season. <laughs> Excuse me. I know. <laughs> well, I forgot, too, for a second. And I said, oh, wait, we're playing all the Florida teams yeah. this season. <laughs> well, that, that makes much more sense, then. That, that really yes. does. Okay. Yes. I forgot all about that. Yeah. Uh, this could be a tough road trip. The Heat are a good team. They're starting to pick it up lately. The Magic are, eh, they're okay. Raptors starting to pick it up. Hornets have given us some trouble. This could be an interesting stretch. But first off, LeBron James, high ankle sprain, out indefinitely, however long. So we won't be seeing LeBron in this game against the Lakers. And I'm a little disappointed. I want to play them when they're at full strength just to see how we measure up. Yep. But I guess we're not going to get that anytime soon. No. And, man, when I saw that LeBron injury, I thought it was knee. Mm. I, I thought that was going to be a pretty bad situation. High ankle sprain is rough. But yeah. I, I thought that I was knee. And, you know, you could tell it hurt legitimately. You know, some guys, you can tell they're just, well, they're going to be fine. But you could kind of tell that one actually got him. That's not, yeah. I don't know. I don't. I don't ever like seeing anything like that happen, so. Right. And, you know, LeBron, he doesn't like to sit games out. He doesn't like being out for rest or the 
load management. I feel like we haven't heard a lot about load management this season, but LeBron doesn't like that. So when he gets hurt, you know it's it's bad. And yeah, you don't ever want to see anyone get hurt, even if it's your least favorite player. I don't want to see Matthew Dellatadova get hurt. <laughs> <laughs> But, I mean, do I want to see him go out and miss every shot he takes? Yeah, of course. But I don't want to see him get hurt. So, yeah, it's it's a little bit disappointing that we won't see him at full strength, but we do have a much better chance of winning. Right. Yeah, it's just such a question mark. You know, we, we kind of play down to teams level, uh, the the rougher teams in the, the league. It seems like we've been doing that this year. and heading into a game where you know that Anthony Davis or LeBron James aren't going to be there. That's, it seems like one that you can maybe start to write off in your head, but I hope this is one that, you know, this is the last game at home before the the road trip too. they'll want a victory on the home court. So I think we'll, we'll come out solid against the Lakers. The game I'm more worried about though, at heat to start off the road trip since Butler's been back, they've been, they've been legit. And, uh, you know, they got Dragic coming off the bench. Uh, Kelly just, Olenek. Kelly Olenek, out. of course, goes eggs. Just, <laughs> just finish that game up. Uh, yeah, it's a good one. Yeah, I'm I'm worried about this one. And Bam Adebayo, man. He's him good. Versus Aiton, that's, a, that's a dangerous matchup. I remember seeing that happen a couple times last year, and Bam was just out muscling him. And Bam can do so much more, too. So mm-hmm. I, I really like him. I, I The Heat are a solid team, and... You, you knew at the beginning of the year when people started, you know, the, the birds came back out and we're talking about, oh, remember that 2021 heat pick that you guys traded? It, it was uh, so good, and then you traded it, then it got bad, and now it's so good again because the heat aren't good. Just just wait, man. The heat are always going to be good. Yes. Yes. The heat, so, so consistent as of late. Tyler Hero, too. You know, he can light it up on oh, any yeah. given night. Yeah, this is a tough team. Uh, they play really tough as well. So it's going to be a good matchup for us. Man, just kind of a random thought here. When you say they play tough, you you obviously think of Jimmy Butler. And I was watching a highlight from a little while back. And then seeing him on that in the 76ers uni is just so weird. Yeah. And if you, you think if they could have just figured that all out, and, you know, kept those... Simmons Embiid and Butler all together just feels like that would have been such a dirty team but yeah if they could have <laughs> figured it out right yeah that that's it is a weird thing to think about or when he played for Minnesota for a little bit that was so weird too yeah <laughs> calling out cat I, that, yeah. that was a weird situation sticking his his hand in his shorts so that he <laughs> <laughs> Only was playing with one hand. Remember that? <laughs> oh, that's so weird. Yeah, it was a really weird time. But yeah, he's found his home with the Heat for sure. Right. So good fit. Great yeah, fit. it. This will be an interesting game. And then yeah, we play the Magic the very next day, and they're not as good as the Heat for sure. But they could give us a little bit of trouble potentially. Yeah, and this is. The day before the trade deadline, too. So keep in mind that, you know, Aaron Gordon comes up a lot as a trade piece for the Magic. Maybe he's already gone by then. or yeah. Maybe he just knows. gets on the plane and comes back with us. You know? Maybe, you know. <laughs> Why not? 
Yeah. Not Corey quite the seven the footer that I'm looking for, but dude is a monster. He's a versatile player. I I, yes. I like Gordon. Yeah, yeah. And Vucevic is playing really well this season too. Another big guy that can give us some trouble. Um, Evan Fournier is kind of coming on as of late, playing okay. I, he can I think get a bucket can, with his eyes closed. Yeah, he's he's he impressive. Yeah. I have a top shot of him, actually. And Ooh. I think I'm hanging on to it for a little bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, the second night of a back to back, the Magic, decent team. I think we can beat them. I do. Uh, but it won't be a walk in the park. Yeah. I, I you know, back to back. I hope we give it to the Heat Tuesday night and then. Let the bench get a little more run Wednesday against the Magic. Maybe we pull that off. I'd, I'd yeah. much rather see a nice win over a team like the Heat. Yeah, I agree. We we need those as we get closer and closer to the playoffs. We need we need to be matching up with teams like that who, like obviously, they were just in the finals last year. They know what it takes. So I, I want to see us starting to match up with teams like that, see where we really lie. Yeah, definitely. All right, then the Raptors, Friday at 4.30. Will Kyle Lowry still be there? That's a, that's a good I, I think he will. I don't think they're going to trade Lowry this year. Yeah, I just, I don't know. It seems like he's, even though he hasn't been a horn, or Hornet, a Raptor <laughs> his whole career, it just feels like he's kind of the, just a staple there by now. It feels like it'd yeah. be kind of dirty to trade him, but. I mean, does does he have hopes to make another finals? Is that possible with the Raptors? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Well, and if you've seen any of the quotes that he's given lately, they're very cryptic. They're very hard to decipher. Hmm. <laughs> Not giving a whole lot of information, saying, yeah, I'd love to stay here, but whatever happens, you know, you can't really tell what he wants. So, yeah, yeah it's it's a... Uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Um, th- I mean, they said the same thing about DeRozan, too. And he was gone, and then the Raptors won a championship. So Very true. That's very true. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I do think Lowry will still be there, though, by Friday. Fair enough. Um, and then Siakam, he's been a – I saw he just missed a rough game winner, but he's been – he had a really slow start to the season, but he's come around quite a bit, and I want to say he normally does work against the Suns. Uh, if someone uh, were to look up his average points against every team, I bet it'd be pretty high against the Suns. Yeah, he's good. I love his story. If you don't know his like story before he came to the NBA, it's pretty wild. Um, growing up in Africa, uh, he was going to become oh, a Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then he got into basketball. And, yeah, it seems like a great guy, too. I've, I've heard that he's just, like, really, really nice, like a good person. So I like Siakam. I mean, I'm not going to be rooting for him or anything in this one, but I, I like him. Am I way off here? Or isn't it something like a tradition where, like, the second or third son – goes and be is it was it something like that or is it something else i read an article about just his life and how he got to the nba and everything and i think there is something like that involved in it yeah Hmm. yeah that is cool Mm -hmm. yeah bunch of fun stories in the nba really i mean it's yeah it's an international game truly for sure it's cool 
Mm-hmm. All right. And then to cap off the week, uh, not sure about our recording time, but this one's Sunday at 10 a.m. I know these these games like throw our recording times off. So That's much. all I really have to say. It's Sunday <laughs> at 10 in the morning. There's a there's a Lamelo ball. I don't know what else. Uh, Gordon Hayward played well against us last time. Got to stop him. Miles Bridges has been good. I mean, they beat us once. We need to hand it to them. Right. Yep. This is a obviously a fun team, a fast team, and. Uh, Obviously, I think they're going to be a lot better in the future. But, yeah, again, they beat us this year. And, again, this is a – what's their what's their record right now? Are they still flirting with the playoffs? Are they are they in the hunt? I don't even know. Yeah, I don't know either. <laughs> yeah, this is what everyone comes here for. Yeah, this is good. <laughs> I'm leaving it all in. Good. <laughs> they're 20 and 20. They're the sixth seed at 20 and 20. Wow. So yeah, I mean that's a 500 team. I, I don't think I can throw them in with some of the losses we've taken to, you know, like the the Pistons, the Timberwolves recently. Mm-hmm. I just had to make sure that the Pistons were down at the bottom. Still, they are. They yeah, are. they oh. are. Yeah, yeah. We need to win this. We definitely need to win this, especially because we might drop two of these games before we play the Hornets. You know, it's this is a rough road trip. That is true. And this does end the road trip. We're back at home the next week. So, yeah, that's a good thing. And another, it's a bummer, but LeBron is out. It seems like it will be for a little bit here. So we're we're jockeying with the Lakers for position two. So they might be taking a little dip. So we we can maybe maybe look to that a little bit. But nothing we want to rely on, obviously. Right. We don't want to, but we may be able to afford it. And yeah, I mean, I also think we just need to kind of get used to these road trips because we played so much at home in the first half of the season. We play a lot more on the road in the second half. Two dirty road trips. Yeah. Long haul is probably going to be good for us for playoff prep. But yeah, we might have a couple rough stretches here. For sure. All right. It's March Madness. Mitch, you're the March Madness man. What yes. what have you seen? Who should we be watching? What do you think? Yeah, it has definitely been madness, that's for sure. Um, I just got to start off, get the Homer talk out of the way. I am a Gonzaga alum, so got to get out, get that out there. Class of 2016, loved every second of it. So Gonzaga's looking good. Only played one game at time of recording, and very expected win and we got it. So Gonzaga's got some NBA ready players for sure. Jalen Suggs potential top three pick, I'd say. Yeah. Um, he had a, a dud of a game in this first one here, but watch Suggs really good, really smart, great passer. He can shoot, plays good defense. He was a quarterback in high school actually. And so he makes some pretty impressive long passes. I love Suggs. Kispert, Corey Kispert, he is the best shooter in college basketball. So I saw Joe Harris comp the other day that I think is a, a good one. I think Kispert may be able to do a little bit more. I've seen him slotted around late lottery, maybe 10. I think he could go anywhere between 7 and 10. I'd take him at 7 or 8. Or nine. Um, How old is he? 
He's a senior, so okay. he'll be 22. Um, but I mean, he's he's best shooter in the in college right now. Sure. So you know, he's a guy that the Suns would take. You know, we he's a James known. Jones guy. He's a James Jones guy for sure. Then the other guy I really like for Gonzaga is Joel Ayayi. And he's kind of flying under the radar, but he's just like a do-it-all kind of guy. Good passer. His shot is decent. He plays good defense. Really, really smart. Um, he had a nice play in in the game, the first-round game, where he faked out two defenders just by looking in a direction. He just completely faked him out and then drove to the rim and laid it in easily with no defender in sight. So uh, really, really keep an eye on Ayayi. He he had the first ever triple-double in Gonzaga history this year. So he's a really fun guy to watch. Then outside of Gonzaga, obviously Cade Cunningham for Oklahoma State, 6-7 point guard, point forward type, Ben Simmons, some similarities there, not quite as big, better shooter. Um, he, I think he's really good. I think he'll probably get picked number one. He can be a touch streaky, um, and he's young. I think he still has some stuff to learn, and he's maturing. And I think I, I wouldn't be surprised if he grew another inch or two even. Uh, it seems like his body is still kind of maturing. So he's great, though. It's fun to watch him, definitely. And then uh, Mobley from USC, he's another good one, seven-footer, um, most talented big man in the draft this year, definitely. Will probably be a top three pick as well. Those are like the top guys to keep your eye on for sure. Yeah, and then the next two that I'd say kind of like the tier two players would be Jalen Green and Jonathan Kaminga. So here's something to talk about. They did the G League Ignite team or elite, whatever it's called. Yeah. Uh-huh. They have to be missing this, right? Like, oh my gosh. Yes. The, the G league bubble was interesting and everything, but, and it's, you know, a way to make some dough coming right out of high school if you're good enough. But I just feel like, man, I'd want to be playing in the tournament just yeah. for your, your, like your name recognition too. who watched the G league bubble and then right. how many people tune into five March Madness games per day? Right, know? exactly. You get so much exposure uh, right. playing in March Madness, definitely. And then how yeah. many guys have a huge tournament skyrocket up the draft board and end up making millions of dollars more? Who cares what happens af- after your first contract? I mean, that's guaranteed money, baby. If you can shoot up during the during March Madness and, you know, score some extra money, maybe even mess around, get into the first round where you get another year or two guaranteed. I mean, come on. I'm just, uh, I don't watch a ton of college basketball, but every March I'm, I'm glued on one of those channels, just taking it in more or less. So Mm -hmm. I don't know. I, I just, I think guys should continue going the college route for one year even you know just right i prefer that route yeah and if the g league were more refined and better developed it might be a different story kind of like you know minor league baseball it's so much more of an option but yeah the the g league is not very defined it's not very 
refined or anything like that. So I think it'll get there. It has the potential to get there. But yeah, right now going to college for one year is a way better bet. So um, yeah, I mean, the tournament has been a lot of fun. We've had some good upsets. I don't know that there's anyone in particular who's like sticking out that I wasn't expecting. Um, But yeah, there's a lot of games left. I got to say, uh, as a Midwestern man, I got to give a shout out to uh, Oral Roberts, who came out of the Summit League. Yeah. Normally, I'm rooting for one of my South Dakota teams who normally come out of the Summit. But, mm. well, normally it's SDSU, who they're number two. I got to go USD since I actually attended USD. But as a South Dakotan, you got to root for the South Dakota team, I think. If you're from yeah. a small state, you you realize and recognize that. Of so. course, of course. And then watching them pull off an upset as the 15th seed, that was fun. Yeah. So. That was a great game. Yeah. Yeah. We've had some good upsets. Them and Ohio, not Ohio State, because they, right. lost, they lost to Roberts. But uh, Ohio won. Uh, Abilene Christian just beat Texas. And I had Texas in my final four. So my bracket's too, already done for. Plus yeah. Three. um but yeah you like to see those upsets we've had some good ones already this year the other night i had this dream and it was very strange so in the dream my wife was friends with kendall jenner and it was my birthday so kendall and kylie came to my birthday party and some nba players started showing up uh, Devin Booker didn't come, but Rashawn Holmes was there, and I thought that was pretty cool. So I was texting all my friends, telling them Kendall and Kylie Jenner and Rashawn Holmes were at my birthday party. So I was asking everyone there what they wanted to do, and we decided to go outside. And we went outside, and we were right around this church that's close to my office, and my parents showed up. And they started explaining the importance of going to church every Sunday to Kendall and Kylie. And Kendall was listening pretty closely. And then I was starting to tell her about some volunteer work I do on the weekends. And she was kind of listening. She seemed interested in my volunteer experience. And then uh, one of my best friends, Blake, and his girlfriend, and then Charlie and and his wife, came and we were at this Airbnb and I kept wondering if Devin Booker was going to show up. Oh, cause Kendall Jenner was there too. We were with Kendall. And so I just kept wondering if Devin was going to come, but he never did. So he must've been busy. And I was starting to wonder if there were going to be cameras like paparazzi showing up. And I was wondering how many Instagram pictures Kendall had taken, but she only took one. And I thought that was reasonable. Thanks for tuning in to the Sunny and Phoenix podcast. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Like my cheeks hurt and I'm sweating from trying not to laugh. Oh, I love that so much. All right. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to another episode of the Sunny and Phoenix podcast. Check us out on Twitter at Sunny and PHX pod. And be sure to tune in next week for a fresh episode. Go Suns.